Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. All right, hello and welcome to episode 13. Lucky number 13 in my brand new apartment. Neil, welcome to my brand new apartment. Glad to have you. It's good to be here, Josh. Excited it's, uh, for unlucky, lucky number 13. Episode. Unlucky, lucky, yeah. I, uh, li- moving, this whole moving process has been a lot. This, uh, this week has been a little hectic, especially with everything closing down in Toronto. But, um, yeah, no, it's been fun. I'm excited. It's a new journey. I'm excited and a uh, brand new setting for our podcast. So. A lot has happened over the last week and a half. Oh, 100%. We got a, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about um, the first week in the MLB. What the heck is going on with uh, with the Jays? Good things. Not bad things. Good things. We're going to talk the NHL trade deadline. We're going to talk the Raptors going for their third win in a row tonight after losing so many in a row. And then we're going to talk our fantasy pickups of the week because that was fun. I had fun doing that last week. I uh, took my own advice and I beat the crap out of Neil in fantasy last week. So that was fun. Tough matchup. Tough matchup. Easy matchup. Easy matchup. All right, should we, uh, let's get into the first week of the MLB. Yeah, let's, uh, what, what are your, your uh, initial thoughts there, Neil? I thought, you know, mi- mixed, mixed thoughts on this first week in Major League Baseball. Excited that, you know, we, we were able to get back to it. It's been a while since we've seen baseball. Yeah. It's been a while since you've been excited for the Blue Jays. Last year, I think, was a transition period here with, um, them, kind of throwing all pitchers out there this year you know them spending as much money as they did in the offseason going out and signing an elite closer them signing an elite probably the most sought after free agent in george springer you know the the blue jays have a lot of a lot of pressure riding on them this season to perform with their uh their core young guys hopefully taking another step this year and with the addition of, of the players that they brought in with Semyon and uh, George Springer, hopefully that they can they can perform at a higher level. Yeah, there's a lot of eyes on the Blue Jays right now. And uh, a lot of teams are looking at them, especially in the AL East, as the team to beat, right? Yeah, but this series uh, this past week against the um, rival New York Yankees showed one thing. It showed that this team is here this season to you know, not bow down to these powerhouse teams. They're going to compete. And, you know, that's on all fronts, whether it's their offense having a great showing or their pitching staff bailing their offense out. And what we've seen here is how deep this this, um, bullpen is that the Blue Jays have. One person in particular that I want to highlight is Julian Merriweather. And I don't know if you realize, but this player julian uh, merriweather is the return that the blue jays got in that in that trade that they made with the indians for josh donaldson a few years ago it was a one-for-one deal and everyone's like who the hell is this player (laughs) you know like why are they just giving away josh donaldson for nothing Mm -hmm. and you know i'm here today to say that the blue jays won that trade really because where is josh donaldson right now okay fair but he did do really well when they did originally trade him he did, you know. And I, he was doing well for the Jays when we traded him. They, the Jays have always preached that this <laughs> is a special arm that they acquired in Julian Merriweather. Mm-hmm. 
And we haven't seen it until this season. You know, we saw flashes last year of the player that he could be. But even coming into the season, the the Blue Jays just looked at him as another depth arm in the in the bullpen, someone who can come in, in the seventh or eighth inning, and you know, lot like get kind of bridge the gap until they get to the closer Yates. Yeah. Everything has been expedited now that uh, Yates is out for the season, unfortunately, with Tommy that's, John surgery. That's, like, the worst possible news. I mean, like, there's, there were a lot of good things going for the Jays this season, but to yeah. hear that right before the start of the season. Yeah, but no, no panic at all by the Blue Jays. Yeah. You know, they it's business as usual for them. Yeah, they lost an, an arm at the back end of their bullpen, but what did they do? You know, they, they didn't panic. Insert a new arm. They had Jordan Romano who came in and, you know, like uh, got a hold in the eighth inning, who's a great arm. You know what I mean? And then answered Julian Merriweather in the, in the ninth to get a second save yesterday against the Yankees or sorry, the day before yesterday. And the special thing about Merriweather is that he has three great pitches. He has a changeup of about 80 miles an hour. He has mm-hmm. a, a slider of about 85 and then he has a fastball that he can throw up to 100. That's incredibly hard to hit when you when all three pitches look the exact same coming out of yeah coming coming out of his hand. Exactly. So again, like this is the kind of arm that you need at the at the back end of your bullpen. This is the kind of intimidation factor that you ask for out of a closer. And he's going to be I think he's going to pick up anywhere between 30 and 40 saves this year and have a sub 2 ERA because he looks he looks all the part of a good closer in the MLB. He's going to be definitely a factor for the Jays going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be fun to watch this this rotation and how they switch it up and how who ends up being the starters at the end of the season compared to right now. Um, but did you watch the Jays game yesterday? Yeah. The, the Rangers-Jays game. Did you see the amount of fans that were in the stands for that? Uh, you know, that's the largest MLB crowd that the MLB has seen this season and it was a sold out crowd since the pandemic started. And you know, the Rangers fans didn't really have much to cheer for (laughs) in that game. No, they didn't. I mean like they, they're, they're not going to have a good season. The Rangers are not going to be a good team this season, but But they had a sellout crowd of over 38,000. They did. They did. Texas, uh, the governor recently announced that they were going to open 100% capacity for everything. Um, and it just, it looked so weird. Because, you know, they, they were told to wear their masks at all times. But as soon as they got in, the, the cameras panned around the around the crowd and there was not a single mask. There was no one was wearing a mask. And it was just it was weird to see like they obviously their, their vaccinations are rolling out a little bit quicker over there than than here. But it was very it was weird to see. Yeah, I mean, like um, operating at 100 percent capacity. Texas is a much different in a in a much different position than Toronto is. You know, Toronto can't even play in its own stadium right yeah. now. And you've had players And I just moved down the street from Rogers Center and I can't even go see a Blue Jays no. game. And you've had players among, around the MLB uh talk about how much they really don't like playing at the stadium in Florida that the the J- the Jays are calling their home stadium. Yeah, yeah. They're saying it's very difficult. It's not really an MLB uh, caliber stadium it's not the quality. yeah you know so i mean considering the adversity that the jays now have to go through this season in a similar manner that the raptors have had to this season 
let's hope that it doesn't have the same effect on the Jays that it has for the Raptors mm-hmm. playing away from home like they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to see that, you know, like some stadiums are getting their fans back, albeit without masks and yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of bad shit going on. But I every time I look at this team since even in spring training, but since the since the season started, how excited I will be once they finally come back. Cuz this is going to be this is an exciting team to watch on TV. Imagine how it's going to be like when we can actually have fans in attendance and we actually have the first home opener in Toronto for the Blue Jays. This Blue Jays lineup is you know, f- from one to nine, they're difficult outs. Yeah. You know, like they even ha- they haven't even had their their star player who they acquired this offseason play in a game yet. Yeah. And they're three and one. You know, so you know, getting that addition at the top of the order that George Springer brings, you know, it just kind of pushes everyone down. Right now, they're having Mark um, Semyon start off like lead off. Yeah. Every game, and that's not something he's used to. He's used to batting out of the second spot. He hit a dinger yesterday. Yeah, he's he's looking all the part in the yeah, money. That, yeah, you know, it was always like a, a really questionable uh, decision why they s- decide to spend eighteen million on Semyon rather than acquire another yeah. arm in, in the uh, starting rotation. But you know, his versatility playing second pushes it. Kind of cements everyone's position in this lineup. It pushes Biggio, who was playing second to third base. And then it pushes either uh, Vladdy to first base or DH, mm-hmm. which is great. You know what I mean? Because they have so much depth now and so much um, versatility in, in different players playing different positions. Yeah. So I think once Springer comes back, this, te- this team's going to be even more dangerous. 100%. When we talked uh, earlier on in our in preview for the season about how like Players like Grichuk, their their starting position, even though they're like a long term player for the Jays, their starting position is not, you know, it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting to see going down the stretch. Um, but yeah, no, just watching this team, watching them in the dugout, like, and George Springer is there in the dugout, like talking with the players the whole time and hanging out with the players, and it's like this team is having fun together. Yeah, like this team is, they know how good they're going to be. And there's no stress. There's no. It it just it looks like they're having fun together. That's all they need, right? They they believe in themselves, right? Like they yeah. know they can go out and win any game that they want with their bats, with their pitching. You know, they have guys in the rotation who you know have been doubted in the past. You know, a guy like who started yesterday, Stephen Matz, who the Mets kind of gave up on, you know, he's a talented arm. You know, he was, he was a highly touted prospect not so long ago. Jays bring him in like, Hey, we, we got faith in yeah. you. We went out and traded for you. Let's see what you got. You got Matt's from the Mets. Matt's from the Mets. He looks good. <laughs> you know? So yeah, look out for this Jays team. We're, I'm sure we're going to be talking more about them in the coming weeks. Oh, here. Oh, hundred percent. We're going to be talking about them for a while. Uh, do we want to get into bold but, predictions early, very early predictions for, uh, for some, for some awards at the end of the season? Yeah. I feel like, uh, with us having the first week in the MLB, well, kind of like the first week first six days here complete in the MLB. I think it's a good time right now for us to make our bold predictions mm-hmm. on who we think, are going to win certain awards. Let's start off with the biggest award given, I think, is the MVP, the most valuable player. Mm-hmm. Who do you think, the bold prediction here on Shoot Your Thought, 
Who do you think is going to win well, the MVP? Well, my bias answer. Would you like my bias answer or would you like my real answer? I want to hear your bold prediction. That's what I want to hear. I think with the way that he was playing last year compared to the way that he started this season and the way that he – the potential that he has, I think Bo Bichette is in the conversation for MVP. Bo Bichette. I do. And that is not only my biased opinion, but that is my <laughs> unbiased opinion. Because the impact that he can have, every time he steps up to the plate, it's it's almost guaranteed that he's going to get on base. Mm-hmm. Like, And he's just so, you know, where you can put him in the, in the outfield as well, or in the infield rather, at shortstop, and you can throw him at second base. Like, he's, he's going to make those plays. He's fast. He's got a hell of an arm. And he's just as good defensively as he is offensively. So I'm going to read you the last five winners uh, in the AL. Let's just do the AL. Sure. Because Bo Bichette's in the AL. So yep. last year, Jose Abreu from the Chicago White Sox won it. Mm-hmm. Year before, Mike Trout. Year before, Mookie Betts. Altuve. And then Mike Trout again in 16. Uh, you know, like everything you just said... One thing's for certain. I've also I've always seen like a plus three hundred batting average, between twenty and forty home runs, mm-hmm. and then between eighty and hundred RBI. Yeah, those stats are very easily attainable for Bo Bichette. For Bo Bichette, you know, so him hitting in this lineup, I like the call. <laughs> um, again, this is a bull prediction show here 100%. on True Your Thoughts. So. 100%. You want to know my bold prediction for MVP is this year? Bring it on. Shohei Otani. Really? Showtime Otani. And I'll tell you why. He has looked phenomenal this season. I was going to say, yeah. He looks scary. I think he's only three for 18 to start off the season. But he has two home runs, two mammoth home runs. I was going to say, yeah. Spring, he's looked phenomenal. And, like, one thing about Shohei Otani that – is different this year than every other year he's been in the MLB is 26 years old now which is right around the age that you know that old, MLB eh? he's 26 he's right around the age that I always see him as a younger player I guess because we haven't really like seen his full potential yet it's crazy yeah. you know he's just scraping the surface and the fact that you know the the Angels have come out publicly and said hey Otani's going to be playing a lot more than you're used to seeing in the past he's going to be a hitter a lot mm-hmm. more he's hitting on days that he's pitching even yeah which yeah. is incredible you know so i think once you know once the weather warms a little once he kind of gets his his feet a little wet um you're gonna see big stats from not only the pitcher but the hitter this is a special athlete that we have in Shohei otani we're gonna see big things from him this year so i think the mvp is within reach well you heard it here first otani versus bichette for MVP. For MVP. Who is your most improved player on the season? Uh, for this season, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to really guess who the most improved player is mm. is going to be, but I think it's gonna be Vladdy Guerrero. Oh my god, I should have went first. <laughs> I think it's gonna be Vlad Guerrero. And and the reason is, you know, like he's had no one's had a bigger um you know, like hype around him coming out of the minors in the last couple seasons than Vladdy has. And like, he hasn't really lived up to the hype. No. You know, this season, the offseason. This is exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. All right. Continue. We, continue. Both of our, okay. We can, we can use this as both of our 
our players. We can just yeah. talk about Vladdy because yeah. I think he's going to win this hands down because he's lost so much weight over the offseason and over the first couple games. He looks every bit of the part that we want him to look. So yeah. I think with the lineup around him, him batting fifth probably in this lineup, there's not a lot of pressure on him. And he's had another full season under his belt to kind of have that adversity in the MLB. I think, you know, he is going to he's going to have improvements all across the board. He's going to have a high batting average and he's going to be a tough out for all these pitchers coming in in the AL East. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That was literally probably word for word what I was going to say. He I remember the hype. I remember the first game he was coming into the the first team. And As he, a 19 or 20 year old. Yeah, yeah, and how many people were at that game? I literally bought a jersey before he made his debut because I was like, "This is the player that's that's the future of this franchise," and that still can be said. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, he just he he has not lived up to the player we all thought he was going to be. In fact, I think Bo Bichette has lived up to the player that we thought Vladdy Guerrero was going to be. If yeah. that makes sense. But, um, yeah, no, he has, like you said, he lost a lot of weight in the offseason. Um, he has the potential. He really wants that first base. Or, no, sorry, he wants third base. Mm-hmm. But he's been put at first base. Um, but hopefully we're going to see him try out third base once or twice and uh, hopefully make an impact there. But he has a lot of potential this season. Who's your comeback player? I think there's only one comeback player we need to talk about here, and it's Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know the story about Trey Mancini? Enlighten me now. Uh, he sat out all of last season. This coming on the heels of having, I think, like a 35 home run, 100 RBI, 105 run season with the Orioles mm-hmm. in 2019. Sat out all of last season because he was battling stage three cancer. Yep. I didn't know that. And sure enough, he battled his way through cancer. He worked really hard to get back into this, um, into the MLB, into this lineup. Sure enough, he's right back in the Orioles lineup this season, batting second and Mm -hmm. still looking like the impact player that he was two seasons ago. So I think, you know, any player that comes back, whether he bats 150 or whether he bats 330, doesn't matter. You got to give the comeback player of the year award to a guy who's been through all that and made it back into the show. 100%. 100%. Right. I think, um, yeah, any same thing with like Alex Smith in Washington in yeah. the NFL. Like he was always going to be, you know, no matter what he did coming back into the season, he was always going to be a front runner for that for that award. Yeah. Uh, Cy Young Award. Cy Young Award. If you want to stick with the theme that I've been going with so far. I'm just very excited for this for this Blue Jays team. Um, who do you think I'm going to say? Nate Pearson? No, actually, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say Mr. Ryu himself. To win the Cy Young in the AL. I don't think Nate Pearson is ready to win the Cy Young Award. I think in next year or the year after, he's going to be in the conversation. But what Ryu can do, I think he, he's one of the best pitchers in the league right now. You can't argue that. And I think he, what he can do on the mound, he had a bad postseason in the, like, what, three games that the Jays played last season. But he, what he can do, I think, especially with this lineup behind him, he's going to get have the confidence that he should have had last season coming into this lineup. Um, I think we're going to see some great things 
from Mr. Ryu. Well, that's not that's not a bad call. You know, if he duplicates what he did last year, he'll have a great shot at doing that. But I don't think he beats out my man, the Biebs, Shane Bieber. I was wondering if you were going to say that. Shane Bieber. Are you saying that specifically so you can make a Justin Bieber reference, or is this an actual prediction? Almost as good as JB, but SB. SB. Yeah. Lit up the league last year in more 100%. ways than one. And, you know, his 2020 stats in a very small sample size in 77 innings that he pitched last year, the guy was unhittable. You know, 77 innings pitched, he had 122 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and a sub two ERA. He had a 1.63 ERA. He went eight and one, and he was just dominant. And that was his third season in the league. This, his fourth season in the league, you know, Shane Bieber's only 25 still. He still has a lot of room to improve. And, you know, I think unanimously he's going to win the Cy Young again here in 2021. Unanimously, eh? Yeah. All right. All right. Fair. That's a a fair comment. Um, So Ryu versus Biebs. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Finally, last bold prediction for the season. Probably the biggest prediction that we need to hear here. Who is going to win the MLB World Series this year? I think if we're if you want, you're going to stick with your theme here. We know who you're going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where this is where I was going to go actually, because I I want to say the Jays. I I do, and I think they have so much potential. Seeing this team. Every time we talk about this team, I just get so excited. Every time we watch this team, I've watched every single game since the the season has started. Every single inning and just, you know, I've watched more spring training this season than I ever have in my life because this team is so exciting. However, I do think the Dodgers are favorites again going into the season. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. Um... If you come down to the World Series, it might be Jays versus Dodgers. But, um, yeah, I think I think the Dodgers are going to be tough to beat. They're a tough, they're a tough team to bet against. You know, when, when the Dodgers spend as much money as they do beefing up their roster, their lineup's unbelievably talented. Yeah. And they added Trevor Bauer yeah, to exactly. this team. You know, it was like, supposed to come to the Jays. Anyway. Uh, there's so many things that were supposed to happen this off season mm-hmm. and the best team who won the world series last year won again, right? Like they, they finally won the world series that they've been spending all this money to win. I think, you know, this year it's going to be the, the Yankees against the Dodgers in the world series. You think so? Eh? The, the Yankees team is just so deep again. Like they're healthy again. You see Giancarlo Stanton back. Mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez is back as catcher and playing the way he used to play. You know, they've got a really deep lineup. Their pitching staff, they added Corey Kluber. You know, they, they have a healthy um, pitching staff coming back again. Garrett Cole is looking yep. like a stud, could could potentially win the Cy Young. I think, like, both of those two teams are going to be really hard to, you know, beat out in the playoffs. It's Mike. all it's all going to come down to injuries. Sorry to cut you off there, but it's yeah. like every season that's what it comes down to. Like we'll have players that'll sit out for weeks and weeks. We're seeing it already with George Springer, like being put on the ten day IL right at the start of the season. Yeah, I it, I mean dark horse. You know, I, I want to say Yankees versus Dodgers, but 
Dark Horse, my Dark Horse winner for this year for, I guess it's a bold prediction show, mm-hmm. is the San Diego Padres. Really? Yeah. That team is incredibly talented as well. They've got depth. They've got youth. They've got a lot of potential. They've got a lot oh, of guys. You know, I think, you know, if the Dodgers stumble in the playoffs, it'll be against the Padres. So, yeah. again, my dark host, my, my bold prediction for the uh, pennant this year will be the Padres, San Diego Padres. Interesting. You heard it here first, folks. We're, uh, we're going to talk more about the season as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about the Blue Jays. But for now, let's move on to something that's coming up. The NHL trade deadline is coming up April 9th. There's a lot of stuff that could potentially happen. Do you think there's going to be a big splash? Or do you think it's going to be like the NBA trade deadline? It's just like some deals here or there. Uh, I think, you know, like we're going to see a lot of moves being made. Um, a lot of teams selling. A lot of teams buying. but Specifically you know, teams that are trying to tank? Or... There's a lot of teams that ha- really don't really know where they're headed right now. Yeah. You know, they're kind of caught in the middle, like the Calgary Flames, for instance. Yeah. They could easily be sellers. They could easily be buyers. We don't really know which direction they're going to take, like right? They're like one bad game away, one more bad game away yeah. from just like blowing up their team and going for a rebuild. And you look at a team like the Canucks, we don't really know. We're going to get into the Canucks in a little bit. But oh, we don't we're really gonna know get what direction the they're going to be taking, right? So. Who are some names that you're probably likely to see on the move in three days on Friday? If you're looking at um, specifically players that are on the move, I think you have to talk about Taylor Hall. You have to. Um, He's literally sitting out games right now because the Sabres are trying to trade him. Mm -hmm. I think you have to look at the teams and what they're doing right now. The teams that are doing really poorly right now. Um, I think you could see someone like Van Riemsdyk on the move. I think you could see Jakub Voracek moving on from Philly. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Taylor Hall is the big name that everyone's going to be talking about in the next few days. Um, I think he definitely gets dealt away from Buffalo, um, where he gets dealt to, and what happens with that contract that they signed him to for this one year. I guess we'll see. Um, but I think Taylor Hall, at this point in his career, he's been on so many teams. He just he wants to go to a team that has potential to win the cup, and th- I think that's what he thought was going to happen in Buffalo. And we even talked about that at the beginning of the season, how you know Buffalo are going to be an interesting team to watch. But now they're not. <laughs> I, I, mean, I need a sound effect here. That's that's supposed to be you a little know, poop, poop, a little poop yeah. sound effect, a little toilet flush, right? A little there. poopy. Yeah, I think Hall. Uh, ends up in Edmonton again. As much as I really? want to see him end up in Toronto, I think he ends up in Edmonton. I, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the Oilers offered him a contract in the offseason, but it was like a very small contract, like yeah. four mil. And it was just like a take it or leave it kind of deal, like no hard feelings if you don't want to sign here for that amount of money. I think the Oilers are, are like going to be buyers here at the trade deadline, and they need, they need more offense. They need to take some pressure away from their two studs that that are having to do it all and there's no depth on that team for offense so bringing back a guy like taylor hall who has had um you know chemistry with existing players in that lineup like ryan nugent hopkins yeah it's probably going to be a smart mood smart move for them he could end up anywhere you think they're going to get rid of nugent hopkins i think they're going to keep him and reunite him with 
Taylor oh, okay. Hall is what yeah, I'm Taylor saying. Hall. Okay. I, see um, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. They're actually, uh, the Sabres are actually holding out Taylor Hall out of tonight's game with the yeah. Devils. Yeah. They're literally sitting him out. Yeah. You know, uh, another name that's being sat out is um, Palmieri in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's Kyle Palmieri. He, so he sat out uh, on Sunday. Yeah. He's, he's going to be for sure. Another name that we see moved. Michael Gramland is another name that's been linked with the Leafs that's likely to be moved. Another name that I was actually surprised to see on this list, and then when I read into it a little bit more, I wasn't that surprised, is James Reimer, the really? goalie well, in Carolina. It does make sense because Mrazek, the starting goalie in Carolina, is just coming back from injury, mm-hmm. and so Reimer doesn't really have a place on that team anymore. Um, so, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, he's been linked to the Avalanche as James Reimer, who the Avalanche are in need of a, a, a solid backup. All these playoff teams are making sure that they have a good one-two punch going into the playoffs, yeah. especially with the remaining schedule being so, you know, like a game almost every other night yeah, or back-to-back. Seriously. So so many back-to-backs. If you look at the Leafs, what the Leafs are doing is they're actually, you know, whether Freddie Anderson's completely healthy or not, they're not rushing that process. No. They're giving Freddie a lot of time to, you know, get back to 100%. The reason being is they have another stud goalie who's now 9-0. and 9-0 and on the season. In Jack Campbell, you know. So, again, like, you're going to see teams want to go out and get quality backups who are, who are going to be more of a situation of a 1A, 1B style goalie yeah. as opposed to a player who plays 90% of games and then gets a breather every week, mm-hmm. you know. So... Yeah, James they, Reimer is a name that I can see being moved, especially with Carolina having Mrazek back and their their uh, rookie Nadel Nadelkovich. I think you say you pronounce his name. I'm not even gonna try, but no, that so, was that was probably closer than what I what I could have done. <laughs> he's been playing well too, so the Hurricanes I think will will need to get something uh, before I think the trade deadline's the twelfth. Is it? So before the twelfth, yeah. All right, well, I thought it was the ninth, so I'm glad there are two of us here and not one of us, and I would have led you guys in a completely wrong direction. So it is the it is the 12th, um, so that gives teams a couple days, a few days, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be, on our next show, we're going to be reporting all the deals, impact deals that's happened. Uh, but before we move on, you want to talk a little bit about the Canucks of Vancouver? Oh, I want to talk about the Canucks of Vancouver. And what the heck is going on over there? And what that has impact-wise for the rest of the North Division. Because the, the games are are stacked, you know, like we were talking about, there's a lot of back-to-backs. And if you're going to have 25 players and staff test positive on a single team, you're going to be in trouble. There's only so much that the, the league can do for, in terms of scheduling. Like, you don't even have a, a full line available like with in terms of like contact tracing and you know players that you have to call up and how you have to quarantine them before they can actually play like you don't even have a full a full five players to go out there let alone a bench like it's just ridiculous i don't know what are your thoughts neil this is the first real outbreak that we've seen um in the north division yeah and i hate that it came from a canadian team we were doing so well i know and you know, we've had hardly any missed games or postponements yeah. in the North Division. Um, it just sucks to see that's happening so late into the season. Um, 
you know, they're still awaiting test results, but like, it's not looking very good here. This is a huge viral outbreak that the team has had. And, you know, they're, whether they're majority of the players are asymptomatic or some noticing typical like flu-like symptoms, yeah. uh, whether it's like fever or fatigue, you know, this takes a strain on the entire team. You know, it's hard to come back from this. You know, your, your entire team is basically off the ice that's quarantining your rhythm is gone your your chemistry is gone it's going to be really hard eventually when this team does get back to the ice it's going to be really hard to come back from this and and be a quality team and the canucks had very high hopes for the season they've had like did they you know they they they've actually had a pretty good string of games lately and you know i think they're going to be sellers you know at this deadline they're they're hoping to trade Braden holtby because they've had Demko step up and look like a yeah. stud goalie of the season. And they were basically piggybacking off his performances the last couple games. And now for this to happen at, at like the trade deadline, it kind of puts a halt to everything that yeah. they've, they've been working for. So, And I do think Holby is a starting goalie somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Canucks aren't even answering questions. You know, no one from the Canucks has been made available to answer questions about how closely players have had to, you know, adhere to NHL safety protocols, which includes like wearing masks inside of the dressing rooms (laughs) since the outbreak began. Right. So, you know, their focus right now isn't hockey. It's health, the health of everyone involved. So, you know, where they go from here, we're slowly seeing updates. So, you know, hopefully we can get where they can get through this in the near future. Yeah, this this really changes their season entirely. This is uh, this could change them to a team with a potential to a team that's you know mm-hmm. possibly going into a rebuild here. Yeah, it's um it's it's going to be interesting to see what specifically happens going from that. All right, let's move on to the Toronto Raptors. Here we haven't really uh, talked much about the Toronto Raptors. We haven't had much good news come out of no. the Raptors in in a little while now but tonight uh they're going for their third straight win against the los angeles lakers hey we Very just shorthanded to, we just had to get through march march was rough rough month for the raptors in march they went one in 13 they won one game in all of march um they sit at a record of 20 and 30 right now still out of a playoff spot but not that far out that they can't make it what are your thoughts on this? What are the Raptors trying to do here? Are they trying to lose? Are they trying to win? Like, what are they, what I, are they really trying to do? Uh, they are trying to win. They will always mm-hmm. be trying to win. Masai on this team, Bobby Webster is the GM, Nick Nurse is your coach. This is, a, this is an organization that will not ever try to lose. Um, this, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, they're sitting right outside of a play-in position. They're going to... The NBA already announced that they're going to do the play-in tournament like they did last season in the NBA bubble. So the Raptors are just sitting outside of that right now. I think, you know, playing the Lakers tonight, possibly getting, you know, not an easy win, but a comfortable win. Um, Yeah, no, going forward, I think the Raptors are going to scrape their way into that play-in tournament and possibly even, you know, a playoff position regardless. Um, I, I do think the Raptors make the playoffs. I know you probably disagree with me, but I do think the Raptors make the playoffs. I don't think by any means that they should be trying to lose games uh, for a uh, draft pick. 
you know, they, they're, they're battling a few injuries right now. You know, Kyle Lowry has an infected toe, um, hip flexor strain for Freddie. You, you know, their, their season's winding down here. They have 22 games to go. The, the Raptors definitely have a tough decision to make here. Yeah. You know, they've, they've had two wins in April, which is more than they had in the entire month of March. Um, they're just one game out of 10th place, which will put them in that play-in tournament. I think, you know, like the Raptors are only five games out of the worst spot in the NBA. And, you know, right now they have a 6.7% chance at the NBA's top pick in the draft coming yeah. up, yeah. Um, which would be their first, or, or sorry, they'd be a virtual lock for a top 10 pick with the, with the record they have right now, which would be their first uh, top 10 pick in the last five years. I don't know if the Raptors want to fully tank and or make a push for the playoffs. They're in this like really awkward limbo where, you know, if they if they win a few games, yeah, let's go for the playoffs. If we lose a few games, what's the point, right? I think right now the next few games here, the next five games are going to be very important for the Raptors mm-hmm. in what direction they choose to make. Because if they lose, let's say they go one and four in the next five games, mm-hmm. they're probably in a tough position to try and make the playoffs yeah i i have to agree with that um and like you said it is rough with you know lowry and van bleed sitting out um you know players like og sitting out for so long uh but we did make quite a trade at the deadline i mean like we got rid of matt thomas and terrence davis you know mm-hmm. which no one really is gonna miss but um we got rid of norm powell and that was a huge hole that we had to fill and the reason i think we got rid of norm powell was because we wouldn't be able to afford him in the offseason which we talked about recently but i want to talk about gary trent jr gt gt gtj gtj yeah that makes sense um yeah no the the game that he had last night you know i thought because he limped off at one point in the game and i was like i just picked you up in my fantasy league you just had your start as a raptor and this is gonna happen to you are you kidding like this is the worst luck possible but he came back in the game, and that final, what, five seconds that he took, you know, playing that point guard position, running up the court, and hitting that three, that buzzer-beating three, I jumped out of my pants and shoes. That's a thing that people say, right? Now it is. Yeah. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., you know, he was he had a lot of potential to live up to in Portland, and he was hitting that very sporadically. I think what he can do on the Raptors in that hole that Norm Powell left is going to be fun to see. You know, playing Gary Trent, um, they started him at point guard yesterday because, you know, they're they're completely out of options. Yeah. Um, Gary Trent is known for his offense. He He's not really known on the defensive side of things. I think, you know, giving minutes to guys like Gary Trent, uh, Malachi Flynn, this is your this is going to be your young core over the next little while, yeah. right? So these guys are all 22, 23 years old. When I say the next couple games are important for the Raptors, I truly believe the Raptors are already in tank mode right now. You know, whether really? I think they're already in stealth mode tanking right now. And I think it's because they're still playing guys like Aaron Baines. They're still giving minutes to these guys, you know? And I think playing Aaron Baines now is something... <laughs> It, it's not it's not because it's not because you know like aaron baines 
there's no better options, right? Like they have better options on the team. They can play small ball. They can play Chris Boucher at center. Mm -hmm. I think it's truly because, you know, um, the direction that this team wants to go is to lose games right now. They're not really playing for much right now. They have, they have injured players. They tried to deal Kyle Lowry. They couldn't do it at the deadline. They're playing for nothing right now. With the game on the line, why is Aaron, Aaron Baines in the game? You know, last night we saw Aaron Baines against his his competition at the beginning of the year, Alex Len. And, yeah. you know, we saw a lot of them playing against each other. And Aaron Baines looked better than Alex Len, as he should, you know, because we just dropped Alex Len from the team. But I think if you're going to play Aaron Baines at this stage of the season with the season on the line, you're not playing to win. You're playing to lose. All because Aaron Baines is on the court, eh? <laughs> Fucking Aaron Baines, yeah. Like he, it, it hurts me to say, you know, because I, I want the Raptors to be playing for a playoff spot, and it's still right there. But if you're going to play Aaron Baines, it tells me one thing. You don't give a shit. <laughs> I will respectively, respectfully disagree with you. Um, I don't think the Raptors are in tank mode. I think the Raptors are trying to win, and you can see it in at least the players are trying to win. The players are trying to win. Let's agree at that. Yeah, the, the the players obviously have not been told to go out and shit the bed. They're trying to win. Every player tries to win a game. Even, you know, like the worst team in the league, even the Orlando Magic, who have zero chance of making the playoffs with the team they have, they still go out there and they try their best to lose by 31 points every night. <laughs> lose by 31. You know, yeah, so... Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't think the Raptors... So the players, the players are going to try... But you know who has a hand in, you know, coaching to a loss is the head coach, Nick Nurse. Yeah. If he's going to continue to play guys like Malachi Flynn, Aaron Baines, you know, these guys who are given time to develop, now's not the time to develop if you're trying to win. If you're trying to win, you play your best players. Yeah, but who the Raptors you are the kind best, of riddled with injuries right now. Who gives you the best chance to win? Yeah, I mean, we've seen Kyle Lowry. If this was playoffs, do you not think Kyle Lowry would play through a toe infection? Oh, 100%. But this is in playoffs right now. And we won last night. So, I mean, like, it all worked out. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to our fantasy pickups of the week? Very popular segment here. Let's move on to our, you know, our highly touted skill of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, should I go first since I, I beat you in uh, our hockey league last week? I guess you've earned that honor in your fantasy victory over me. I just want to reiterate, hockey. I did not just beat Neil. I beat him by, what was it, 150, 150 points, 200 points? You know what I realized? I realized that I was playing with an empty roster spot the entire week. Were you actually? Yeah. That's why I just added a player yesterday. Sounds like a big excuse right there. Sounds like I was rolling over. Wow. Uh, pity, pity I'm going to start with NHL. I'm going <laughs> to disregard that statement. I'm going to start with NHL. Um, we talked. We actually mentioned him earlier on in the episode, but Peter Morazic is... He only started five times this season. He's coming back from an injury, and he came back two nights ago to shut out the opposing team. He's, ha he's now had three shutouts in his five starts this season. Um, he's coming back from injury. It's pretty good. No, yeah. Not a lot of teams uh, are looking at him right now because he was out for so long. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he spent a lot of time in the AHL um, in a conditioning stint, but he is a player. He's a goalie that needs to be on your roster right now. 
And I know Neil might be trying to look up for him right now, but I already have 77% owned. He's 77% owned. For the longest time, I think it was sitting below 50 um, because, you know, he, he just was out for so long. But I had him on my watch list and kept looking at updates on him. And as soon as he, it was mentioned that he was coming back, I picked him up right away. Uh, the NHL player that I'm going to suggest you all pick up, you should all race to your waiver wires right now and take a look if he's available. He may be negative 21 on the season and 67% owned, but his name is Taylor Hall. Taylor really? Hall is not going to be a Buffalo Sabre after April 12th. I can almost guarantee you that. And Taylor Hall, whatever team he moves on to, it's likely going to be a contender He's going to be in a better situation to perform. Taylor Hall is a top player in this league. He just isn't right now on that Buffalo Sabre team. He has two goals and 17 assists on the season. He is available in 33% of leagues. Go out and stash this guy. It's gonna he's gonna reap you the benefits on the in what is likely gonna be your playoffs coming up in two weeks. Yep, 100%. Uh, let's move on to NBA. My we're, I'm sticking with some, some Toronto themes here today, Neil, uh, because my fantasy pickup is Mr. Gary Trent Jr. Wow. Norm Powell, I don't think we Let's talked about it. this enough. I don't think we talked about this enough, but Norm Powell leaves a big hole. As he left, you know, he, he commanded that bench. He, and when he, he, you know, he was starting for the longest time because we had an OGO, but mm-hmm. when the team is healthy, Norm was one of the top scorers on the entire team. And what Gary Trent can do compared to, you know, what he was doing over in Portland, he can fill that hole. He's only 22 years old. He's just going to get better. He's had some really good games. Last night, if you if you go and look at his stats from last night, it wasn't the greatest. He did hit that um, buzzer-beating three, but it wasn't the greatest. Um, but that's because he was injured for most of it. So he came back, and he looks good to go. I say go pick him up. My pickup advice of the week in the NBA is none other than Wendell Clark. Sorry, Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter. Wendell Clark. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Wendell Clark is a basketball player now? He's back. You know, after 20 years. The Michael Jordan comeback. (laughs) Wendell Clark. Wendell Carter Jr. (laughs) All right. Tell me about Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. was dealt on deadline day in the NBA. He was part of the Vooch trade um, between Chicago and Orlando. And he had a slow start to his first few games in, in uh, Orlando as they were still starting Kem Birch. Um, but no longer is the case. Wendell Carter Jr. has moved into the starting lineup and he is putting up similar numbers to what we saw. He's more or less like a poor man's Vucevic in Orlando. He's he's averaging about 35 minutes a game now. His last three games, he put up 21 and 12, 19 and 12, and then yesterday, 16, 9 and 4. He's still averaging about two or three blocks a game. He's available right now in about 21% of leagues. That's too much. Go get this guy. He will help you down the stretch. Very interesting. Very interesting. Listen up here, and we'll help you win your fantasy leagues. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 13 from Josh's new apartment. We hope you guys have a great week, and uh, yeah. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Shoot Your Thought. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. 